0: tell you about the Genesis, it had 16 bits and three buttons that did the same thing.
1: You could play a Sonic and Knuckles.
2: Welcome Sonic fans to another edition of the THC Chats. My name is Luis and today I am joined by two of my Hedgehog Zone team members. Luke and ax First, let's go over to Luke. Welcome, Luke, to a THD chat. How are you doing today, man? Hey,
3: I'm pretty good. I'm super excited about this one.
2: Awesome. Good. Glad glad to hear that. And next, uh, let's go to you, Axe Welcome to THD chats.
1: Hey, everybody. What's going on? I'm glad to uh, be joining this for the first time.
2: Awesome. Well, without further ado, let's get right to it. Let's introduce our special guest tonight. Um, You've probably read some of his works in either the Archie comics of Sonic or the IDW Sonic comics, or if you've read other uh, characters out there like Mega Man, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, New Crusaders, you've probably read some of his material at some point. And that is Ian Flynn. Welcome to THD Chats, Ian. We're really honored to have you on. How are you doing, man? Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm doing all right. Cool. Well, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get right to it. Um, tell us a little bit more about how you got interested in writing. I mean, you have an amazing career already. And, and you know, I'm really curious to know what motivated you to get into writing and how, how was that like? Walk us through like your childhood and whatnot.
0: Well, I, you know, I grew up a Sonic fan. Um the Genesis was our first major home console. Yeah, we had an Atari, but uh, I'm not counting that. Pong and Sonic 2 were a bit, they're leagues apart. Um, and that was, you know, during the big media push for Sonic. So I was watching the cartoons, I was reading the comics, and just grew up a Sonic fan. And then I started pursuing my English degree in university and very quickly realized that I needed to do something with that um the adult world was approaching like an oncoming train and i was in the middle of the tracks so what do you do with an english degree aside from teach other people to get an english degree and i figured well i like to write i'm decent at it i like the sonic book Just how hard can it be to break into the industry seriously come on now all you need is gumption right? Uh, so, I did the one thing that they tell you never to do, and that was sent in unsolicited uh, applications, you know, sample material, letters of recommendation saying, Here I am, this is what I do, this is what I want to do. Uh, laser focused on just the Sonic book, which is just every single possible pitfall you could have. And after four years, I got extremely lucky. And there was a big shift in the editor. Uh, he was shaking up the staff. He happened to see my submissions and kind of went against company policy and said, all right, kid, I'm not going to look at you know, this stuff specifically, but I will try it out and see how you do. So I worked my butt off and I was contacted in like October of 05 and was lead writer by March of No, excuse me, October of 04, because I was lead writer by 05? Is that how it works? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because graduate 01, graduate again in 05, yeah. So yeah, quick turnaround. Um, Got super-duper lucky. Uh, Cut my teeth on my dream book and just worked and worked and worked as much as I could, as hard as I could. Learned a lot. And so far, I'm still doing it. I don't know why nobody's clued in yet that there are other people in the world, but uh, here I am and I ain't going anywhere. Yeah.
2: That's, that's really awesome. I mean, as a storyteller, I think we we definitely want the same person to tell us the story because on point, right. I mean, you know, everything that there is uh, to to our favorite blue blur. Right. And uh, I know how much you try to tie in the games with the comics. And I'm a big fan of that, by the way, because I, I think it's, it's good to, you know, make sure that the stories uh, try to align right as as much as you, as you can, because sometimes you might have to deviate here and there, but it's really good to have that consistency uh, at times.
0: Sure. And joking aside, you know, I'm not the only one who's contributed. Uh, Evan Stanley is the current lead writer for IDW. Uh, During my Archie days, you had Aliyah Baker and Tracy Yardley and Evan and, uh, Tanya Del Rio, and I'm forgetting somebody, I'm sure, but there were other people who contributed along the way. I just I've done a lot.
2: Uh, awesome. Well, Luke, uh, you had a question.
3: Oh yeah, um, I had a few questions because uh, I had to I had to refresh myself before the interview. I was like, wait, there were a lot of comics I read, and it's been I haven't read them since like the Archie ones at least since like high school. So I was like, wait, did Ian do this one? I started reading them in high school and I pretty much finished them by the time I was out of high school. It kept me up late in some nights, but it was great. One thing I want to ask is like, a, what was your favorite story or arc or standalone story to write oh, in, in Archie or an IDW?
0: Why do you make me choose between my children? I know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, they're all, I mean, cause I grew up, reading the book and I got to contribute to just the long, crazy tapestry that was the arc. So every one of them is kind of special to me for some reason or another. I would like to think that there's something enjoyable or redeemable about each of them. I mean, not that they're all perfect little darlings, but <laughs> ask anyone about House of Cards, but I don't know. I've, each one of them was you know, what I wanted to do for the most part it was a story that i wanted to tell or if it was something that was kind of influenced from the outside i tried to make it something that i would enjoy so that i wasn't just you know throwing out something because it was asked for like right. uh, when we did the tie in to the olympics and it's like okay you got to tell an olympic story with sonic but you can't do mario even though that's what everyone wants to do and it has to be like a done in one and we got to get it out for all these promotion things. It's like, all right, how do I tell a goofy little laugh Olympic style story and actually make it Olympics themed and whatnot? And I don't know. I've had some fun with that. I guess that's on my mind because, you know, the Olympics are going on right now.
3: This might sound weird, but <laughs> before the Archie comics were canceled, was there some setup going on for Son Amy? Um, God, it's been so
0: long right in so far as what was you know in line with sega i think at that point okay so this was post reboot so we were free of the mecha sally angle i think we were just playing coy with that because we would never be able to you know actually follow up on sonic and amy because sega wouldn't want that to be definitive that's what their whole deal is yeah true and by the same token we wouldn't be able to have sonic and sally go anywhere meaningful because you know the entire previous one had proven that you can only go in circles so many times before that gets exceedingly tedious so no i mean aside from just some maybe light nods to it to appease that Phantom and maintain recognizability with a brand, I wouldn't say there was a dedicated effort for it.
3: Right. And that makes sense because I, I noticed at the time, like, um, I, I was reading them and I was like, I was like reading Sonic's lines and I was like, is my dude flirting right here? Was it, what, what is this? <laughs> what, what's happening? <laughs> Sonic yeah, was, is
0: a cool guy. He knows what to say at the right time all the time. He does. And,
3: and like, especially. Like I I do really love the way you write him. Like every time I read his dialogue, I'm like, yeah, this is the way I want Sonic to talk. It's it's cool, but it's not like corny. It's it sounds like it just sounds smooth and it it just sounds natural for him to say these things and act act this way. So I really like that portrayal of him.
0: Thank you.
1: There's there's a few thoughts that lead me to this. One is I guess that you reminded me of because you were talking about son Amy, and what Sega once for it and and uh you know you can be coy with it and then i was thinking about how um i recently found out that sonic uh, heroes was your least favorite sonic game but so apparently there's an irony to you using a lot of the elements from sonic heroes and and i started thinking maybe it's not irony maybe it's the uh Whatever potential you see in heroes that you felt it was in, now you get to do it and show it being used in some form or fashion. And then I thought, oh, I know Ian is aware of how popular he is. He knows that everybody is hoping he gets to uh, write a story for a game one day. And in a lot of the stories that you write in the comics do kind of um, kind of gear towards the style of the games a little bit more than the stories um, prior to your contribution and then you got to write for like a, a couple episodes in Sonic Boom which I thought was pretty crazy like like wow like he gets he got to uh write something in a show too he's getting he's getting around in the Sonic franchise so i kind of wonder um if you did get to write for a game like what what kind of uh what would that kind of look like
0: uh, <laughs> it would not be what everyone thinks it would be <laughs> Um, I, I see a lot of it online and I greatly appreciate the vote of confidence. Um, But what folks need to understand is if I were to be picked up in that kind of capacity, it would be Sega's story. They would be saying, here's the game story. You write the script, you put your spin on it, so to speak. And whatever I would do would have to be to their specifications it wouldn't be it wouldn't be any different than the comic if anything it would be even more scrutinized like with the comic they're they've given us a lot of creative leeway to be fair and it just it has to still feel like it's on brand for a satellite property but if i were to be writing a game it would have to be that 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 is the brand there's that is sonic so it would have to meet all of sega japan and sega of america's uh, desires
1: that's why the Sun amy thing made me think of it because you have to um you still have to follow what what they want for the characters and and kind of what's been going around the internet lately is revolving shadow and and other characters with like mandates and stuff that where you you get to write the stories but you still have to do it under certain guidelines and restrictions and stuff and i imagine the same like you were saying is uh for the games as well that they would basically have the um they would be the ones controlling the the general direction of the characters in the in the series and you would just have to write what they need for that chapter basically right
0: yeah it's I not see. like I can go to Sega and say, hey, I have a great idea for a game story. <laughs> Here, you do all the funding and all the production and everything else. Let me just throw an idea at you and then you pay me to write it. That That's not going to happen. I mean, so, I'm living the dream, sure, but there's a difference between dreams and fantasy.
1: So it's almost, it's almost better for you writing the comics and if you get more freedom that way, because then you really get to share more of your ideas.
0: It would be, it would leave more room for creative exploration because never mind that Sega would be providing whatever premise it is. Writing for a game is the writing has to be part of the game, it has to contribute to the game structure, it has to follow whatever the gameplay is, it has to facilitate the player's experience. With a comic, you're just telling the story. That is the medium. People are coming for the story, and that is what they are consuming. With a game, the story is just an element of it. The gameplay is the core. So whatever the writing is, it has to be in concert with that, and that is a whole other level of consideration that would have to be taken into account.
2: Right, exactly. So, uh, Ian, uh... I'm really curious. W- walk us through what the process is like when, you know, you you're say you're about to write a comic book. Um, h- how is it that like you brainstorm ideas on like what the story will be about? What what are those uh, maybe meetings look like with maybe a team or, or someone else that you meet with to uh, kind of brainstorm future ideas for future comic books? Uh, walk us through what that process looks like.
0: Well, um it's been a while since I've actually had to do it in my usual fashion, since Evan is kind of the lead of things now. But traditionally, traditionally, um, I would look at where we are currently. Like, let, Let's say, for instance, the beginning of the IDW book. Uh, that was starting off from the very beginning. We had nothing to be beholden to. And Sonic Forces had just come out. So that would be the game that the largest number of people would be familiar with so we have a comic that obviously needs to be about sonic we want it to be immediately recognizable to the folks who are coming in just off of the game that may know they may know nothing else about sonic i want to do something that is fun for the hardcore fans like me something that they'll get a little extra out of and that the new material will just be cool new stuff for those who don't know what's going on, but it also has to be accessible to everyone. So how do you launch a series that does all of that? Uh, so after a lot of panic <laughs> and brainstorming, I put together what I thought made sense. And I pitched that to the IDW crew and said, this is what I'm thinking. How does that work out for you guys? And went back and forth with the editors on that. We refined it to what we thought was the best general approach. And then to launch the book, we had a big meeting with the folks at Sega. Um, I actually was seated immediately across from Izuka-san and had to pitch the first year of IDW to, you know, the man of Sonic, which was more than a little terrifying. But he's he's a chill dude, so it was all good. And like 90% of it was given the green light. We had to tweak things here and there. And from there, with the general premise approved, we got into the individual issues. And with that process, we do what are called breakdowns. It's a page by page synopsis of each issue. And those synopses are like a sentence or two per page. So page one, this action happens. This is, the, this is the point of this page. Page two, this is the point of this page. And that way you can get a very quick and easy glance at the flow of the story and how it's going to go. And if you need to cut or rearrange, you're just moving sentences and not like full paragraphs or full pages because that hurts. That, that hurts real bad. Uh, that goes to IDW for approval. That goes to Sega for approval. Comes back to me. And once that's all edited and refined and approved, then we go to the script phase. Uh, and with that, uh, I, I kind of describe it as basically you are doing it the blueprints for the art team. So page one, panel one, it's this size and placement on the page. This is the setting. These are the characters. These are their actions. Uh, maybe this is a camera placement. This is what's being said. Panel too. And you do that for every panel of every page. And that's, you got to find the right balance between being descriptive so that the art team doesn't have to spend time figuring out the layout themselves or trying to decipher what is it that I'm asking for. They can just go, okay, this is what's going on. I can throw it on the page and we can move forward because deadlines are tight. And sometimes, you know, what I see in my head doesn't quite work on the page or they have a better idea and they make me look really good. And I'm cool with that. You know, take some liberties with it. Uh, Script goes to the editors. Then it goes to Sega. There's revisions back and forth. And then once the script is fully approved, I'm pretty much out of the loop because it's given to the art team. And then I don't see it again until sometimes I get to look at the early drafts to help uh, catch some errors here and there. But usually I don't see it until it hits shelves. And we typically work, oh, anywhere between two to six months in advance. So when you get the new issue in your hands and you're like, oh, this is so cool and new and this is exciting. I'm like, oh, yeah, we did that back then. What was it? Right. Anyway, guess what's coming up next? That's going to be really exciting.
2: Oh, that's that's really interesting. I, I was not aware that, that there was a, such a delay between between that and that. But it makes sense, right? I mean. You know, you got to have it out on a certain day and you have to make sure that it gets out on that date and you got to have a lot of them uh, ready to be published and, and all that. So, yeah, understandable now.
0: I mean, you've got I mean, I've got to be on time so that the line artist has time to do their stuff so that the colorist has time to do their stuff so the letter has time to do their stuff so that it can be sent to the printer so that it can actually be physically printed and physically shipped out, so it's all on time. Uh, that all has to be met with the editor's approval, and the editor's got more than one book on their plate, and it has to go through Sega of Japan for approval, so not only does it have to go through translation, but you also have the time delay, and who knows you know, whatever Sega is dealing with at the time that might be slowing them down this is also assuming everyone in the chain of command is not sick or have some kind of emergency or their power dies or their computer's working. So it is a small miracle that any book ever comes out.
1: It <laughs> reminds me of South park a little bit They're, they're uh, excruciating process week to week to do episodes.
0: Oh yeah. animation's like a whole other level of that kind of nightmare, but
2: I don't know, man, it's fun. So actually, now that you know, you mentioned all that extensive process and all that, I, I gotta ask because I, ha- I have this one on pre-order, right? But I know you, you're uh, leading the efforts in writing the *Son of the Hedgehog* and that is mm-hmm. supposed to be coming out later on this year. Um, mm-hmm. How long did that take, or is that even still ongoing? Or <laughs> uh, that was, oh god, how long was I spending <laughs> on that?
0: Honestly, it kind of all started to run together at some point because there was just so much writing to do and so much research to do. Cause when I was asked to do the project, I was like, Oh yeah, this will be easy. I know Sonic. I've grown up Sonic. I bleed blue. And then, you know, the first time I hit a moment of, wait, what was that bad name or which zone came next? And just getting into it again, it's like, Oh yeah, there was that factoid or this little bit of Stuff that I had forgotten, or oh, I never knew that, and how am I going to fit this all onto a page? Oh, God. And then we got a little bit of uh, surprise info, like at the 11th hour, and it's like, oh crap, this book's going to be out of date before it even gets printed if we can't make this work. Can we make this work? Panic, panic, panic. (laughs) But the Dark Horse crew has worked super hard. Uh, Sega was super cool about back and forth and um, getting approvals done and helping out with some of the research. Cause there are some bad nicks that just, they don't have names. Like they weren't in a manual. They weren't named in game. They're just there. And it's like, okay, what is this one aside from nameless grunt number three? And I'd have to see the final proof Cause I'm not hundred percent sure, but some of them that were like completely unnamed and super obscure. I'm like, Oh, if, if there isn't an official name, like lost somewhere here in the back archives, can, can I name it? Is that okay? And they're like, yeah, if we approve it. So I think I actually get to name like that one obscure bad Nick knuckles chaotics that nobody knows about or cares about, but by God, I have contributed. I am part of the mythos now. <laughs>
2: Well, that's that's. Also, I got to ask, uh, what name would you give it if you can actually do that?
0: I'd have to remember what the Badnik was, man. There are so okay. many freaking Badniks.
1: Oh <laughs> well, no, he did it. He he did it, Luis. I think.
0: You know, I'm gonna crack open that book, and I'm gonna be going through it, and it's like I don't even remember which one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I hope I get a lot of uh of good uh material to look through, so um whenever I finally get that thing, promise me that there will be a lot of good material.
0: I hope folks will be satisfied. I know <laughs> I put a lot of effort into it. I know Dark Horse put a lot of effort into trying to cram as much as possible in there. It's it's going
2: to be a beefy book. That's awesome. I mean, that's that's what we want to see out of a 30th anniversary book. And that's why I got it on pre-order. And I'm trying to get the other one, right? The, the special edition one that comes with the case and all that. I mean, if it comes wow. with the case, you know, it's a good book, right? I mean... <laughs> Well, that, that's really awesome, and you know, again, I'm really looking forward to that book. Uh, as of right now, right November 23rd is the release date, and uh, well, given that everything works out good, right, the, you know, no one uh, has any circumstance, I'm sure, right? Uh, it, it seems like it's going to be in that. <laughs> but but I gotta say, I'm going to look much more differently anytime I grab any comic book. I think no matter who the character is, man now I'm going to look at it a whole lot different. <laughs> I, I had no idea how much uh, work went into them. And, and it's really awesome. I mean, it really uh, goes to show that, you know, a lot of work is put into them and people should really appreciate every single page because it's not as easy as people may think to produce a book, right? Even if it's not uh, as long as maybe like a novel, right? It's It might just be a couple of pages, but there is definitely a, a process that, that goes with it. And revisions and all that, but it's how it goes, right? I mean, we all have to make sure that uh, the character is uh, represented in the same way it's been representing in the video games, right? So completely mm-hmm. understandable that, I mean, they have to go all the way to Japan and <laughs> make sure to get their approval. So yeah, that's that's got to be something else to, to get approvals.
3: <laughs> how you feel overall about starting anew with IDW as compared to what you were doing with Archie? Like, do you th- are you happy about the experience or is it more of like a, I don't know, Marvel, uh, a Star Wars to Disney kind of transformation where it's like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, it's bittersweet. Like the first, when we had to do the reboot, that hurt. That was heartbreaking. But at the same time, it was kind of exciting because we were able to, Take a lot of things that we loved about the series and put a fresh spin on it. You know, alleviate a lot of the characters with a lot of baggage that had just been built up over the years. Streamline it, make it feel more Sonic y, and do some fun new things with it. And we really made some decent progress with it. And about the time, it's like, all right, we've set all the pieces up. Now let's play with it. Now let's go nuts with this universe that we've built up. Archie lost the license and went to IDW. And it's like, well, okay, that hurts, but I don't have a heart to rip out anymore. So it's fine. It's fine. And then I got the opportunity to do IDW Sonic. And again, it's bittersweet because it's this opportunity to do just a fresh take on Sonic. You know, nothing is beholden. We, you know, take the premise of the games and go nuts with it and just run with it. And that's really cool. On the other hand, you know, all that work and all that love that we put into the reboot stuff is gone. And it's like, (sighs) so... That's life, man. You you got to take the lumps to enjoy the high points too.
3: Yeah. I mean, that stuff will always still be there. I mean, I'll still go back and reread like issue one seventy five and all that stuff and be like, Oh, these, these were good times. But I mean, in the reboot definitely caught me off guard, but I mean, at least we got the Mega Man crossover out of it. Yeah, um, man, that was fun. We got a, uh, the Zombot arc out of the IDW, which, uh, If y'all want to read the most depressing Sonic story you've ever read, go
0: (laughs) ahead and get on that. (laughs) The most child-friendly version of a zombie (laughs) apocalypse you will ever read.
3: Pretty much, yeah.
1: Which also reminds me of Sonic Heroes a little bit. Um, I was telling the others before that it it reminded me of those metal teams that you can unlock in Sonic Heroes. Mm -hmm.
0: That was the inspiration. (laughs) That was exactly what was the foundation of that. Really?
1: (laughs) Oh, all right. I got confirmation on that.
0: I never put that together.
2: Huh. Oh.
0: Yeah. I actually wanted them to have the whole black eyes with red pupils, but that was one of the changes we had to make. But you know, the metallic skin thing, yep, yeah, that's exactly where it came from.
2: Wow, that that's really awesome. I, I mean, like I said earlier, right? I mean, it's really cool that you're able to throw in some references to, to the games because it shouldn't just be like its own thing right it's like you got the character why not throw in some elements of the games especially because i mean most of the people reading the comics probably enjoy the games right i don't think anyone could say well i just read the comics but i don't really care about the video games too so yeah.
0: i've actually heard that from people and i just kind oh. of stare it's like really <laughs> really okay i mean there are some folks out there who just like the cartoons or they you know don't like anything modernly, like all the classic stuff. It's that's the thing about Sonic, though. it's got something for everybody. At some point, some aspect of the franchise is going to be in the
2: darling for somebody, yeah, which is really awesome. I mean, it only helps grow the fan base. and now we got the movie, right? And so, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's gonna be more and more people who might be gearing more towards one thing than the other. But fortunately, like- comic books are forever. so. We got all the comics
0: like put it this way. Some of you guys read my stuff when you were in high school and I was straight out of college. So that's going to be your Sonic. There are kids whose first experience was the movie. That's going to be their Sonic and everything else is going to be alien to them. So 15 years from now, There might be a show like yours where they're talking about, ah, man, that classic movie was so great. I don't know about the new rebooted movie. I'm not wild about it. It should be more like the real Sonic. I'll be sitting there in my rocking chair going, let me tell you about the Genesis. It had 16 bits and three buttons that did the same thing.
1: (laughs) You could play a Sonic and Knuckles. Nowadays, it's just Sonic. Well, <laughs> yeah. let me
3: tell you about the reboot before the reboot. Before the reboot. <laughs> <Now that> was-
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's good that we're able to say that too, right? And, and as much as, you know, aspects of the character might change or the way uh fans view the character, depending on when they got started, might change. I mean, I'm just so thankful that, you know, we got the movie and the movie is like, creating all this new generation of fans who maybe weren't as uh, fans of the games, right? Or maybe they hadn't really been exposed to the video games as much. And now they're opening up to the character, uh, uh, buying some comic books, right? Uh, Allowing us to see more of your writings as well, right? Allowing just the character to just continue to have that popularity and allow us, like you said, right, 30, 40 years from now to tell everyone that, we think classic Sonic is the best and what they're doing now isn't all that great. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, I'm all for that. I mean, if we're having those debates, that means the character is well alive out there. And that's, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> the final question in regards to the subject is uh, Ian, that all, all this being said, what is your ideal Sonic with no strings attached?
0: Oh, uh, well, if we're talking classic, I think mania plus nailed it. I would just like to see more of that. Like, maybe add a few more characters to the mix just for funsies, but, I mean, that was distilled Sonic Joy. I'm good with that. Uh, 3D-wise, I feel like the Unleashed Colors Generations model is the way to go. You've got your platforming sections, and then you've got your high-speed spectacle And you get your sense of speed, but you also still have your platforming, and it's just upbeat, and it's fun, and it's fast and exciting, and it's exhilarating to look at. And that's those are the games I had the most fun with.
2: Oh, yeah, that's that's really cool. I mean, Sonic Mania, I got to say, was something else. I think it was the the game we didn't realize that we needed, and I'm really glad that... (laughs) they made it happen right and at this point i always keep saying it let christian whitehead keep making games let that guy do what he does like he's got he's got some good stuff so keep at it
3: throw in amy and we're good That's mm-hmm. all I want.
2: <laughs> yeah good, good good point so one last question ian before we let you go um because i know you're probably under a deadline to get, get our, our next issue of the next comic book that we'll see within a year or maybe nine months, right? Uh, what would you say is your favorite memory uh, being a Sonic fan as well? What, what would you say is that one memory that, you know, you treasure a lot, uh, either just as a fan or, or uh, writing-wise? Hmm.
0: There's, I'm happy to say there's a lot to choose from. <laughs> But uh, one that always springs to mind was I would, every now and again, get these pillow-sized packages of fan mail from Archie Comics to go through, because I sometimes wrote the letter pages. Pick out a letter, scan it in, write up the response, and go from there. And there was this one piece of mail in there, and I open it up, and it's a little 3 by 5 card that is just covered in random green and red scrawls. And I'm looking good. Oh, so this is when the person lost their mind. Cool, cool. What am I looking at? And then there was a letter attached to it that said, This is from our daughter. She's three years old. This is her first piece of fan art, in quotation marks. We thought you would enjoy it. Thank you for producing a book that she enjoys. And I literally hugged that postcard. It's like, This is too pure. This is just, this validates my very being. It's, uh, it makes me happy. Uh, Just to see how much enjoyment the kids get out of these books. Um, Whenever I'm doing a convention, there's almost always at least one parent who comes up to the table and says, my kid was behind on their reading ability. But then they found the comics and they caught up. They are now, at or excelling where they should be. And, I mean, if that doesn't validate your existence, I don't know what does, you know? That's so um, awesome, I love it.
1: <laughs> See, you got to you got to incorporate
0: your, your, your teaching um, aspect into it. <laughs> Hooked on Sonics, works for them. <laughs> uh, that and meeting all the artists who have worked on the book over the years. They're all super cool people. Uh, just cool to hang out and chat with them. And there was when we did the first Sonic Mega Man crossover. There was a big promotion at New York Comic Con, and Patrick Spaziante, Spaz as most people know him as, uh, was there for it. And he doesn't do a lot of shows. He's a rather private guy. But he's just like super chill, super nice guy. And we're signing autographs at a table. And he's doing like very quick Sonic and Mega Man handshake sketches for people. And he's sitting there going, oh, man, this isn't that good. I wish I could do better for these people, but I have no time. And it looks perfect because it's freaking spaz, man. It was like watching a laser printer, but with a dude's arm. I don't understand How you can make lines that precise and that clean at will. And he's like, oh, this is terrible. I'm like, dude, do you know how many body parts I would sacrifice to a dark god just to be able to do that? Like, come on. And just, like, overall, it's just been a grand experience. There's a lot of very cool people who just love Sonic and want to do cool things with Sonic. And it's been a privilege to work with all
2: of them. Wow, that's really awesome. And you know, for any parent out there who says that video games aren't aren't good, I mean, I, I would disagree with that. and and you mentioning that just goes to validate that point that you know a video game can get you into reading and that can help improve your own reading abilities. And you know it's something that interests them and they're not having to read. Uh, another story that you know might be interesting but it's just not interesting to them so yeah that's really really awesome when uh, something that you already love to do right I mean you love to write you love to not just write but write about Sonic you're a big Sonic fan yourself and to hear those things I'm sure it's like wow my my hobby is doing good for the world and that's got to be like a dream thing to say (laughs) absolutely to be
1: honest that's actually happened with me. Um not not necessarily with reading, but um because of Sonic, my somehow I I it's unexpected, but because of Sonic, my vocabulary was better when I was like in the first and second grade. And so like every time we had like vocabulary tests and stuff, I'm like, I know how to spell all these words. I play Sonic. There you yeah. go, man. Yeah, they were using words that uh that other cartoons and stuff wouldn't dare to use. Turmoil. <laughs> I learned the word turmoil in first grade. Come on,
2: <laughs> Mammoth Mogul actually served a purpose. <laughs> oh my god, man! <laughs> and you forgot to say, Axe, You got to credit all to those Archie and ADW comics too, right? <laughs>
1: um. Yeah, I think I think it's really cool that you could go from one entire uh comic publishing company and then just. To another one and still be writing for Sonic, and I was like, "What? How does that even work? Like, like you're are you reading for both?
0: Like I, I I don't know, but you're all over the place." And know that's be- the beauty of being freelance, man. I, yeah, it's like being a gunslinger, only not remotely as cool or deadly.
1: No, you are though. I, a lot of people with talents, like like what you were saying with Spaz, I think like a lot of people with uh, talents don't recognize how talented they are because you're, you're used to it. It's you but then other people can't do what you do. So they, I mean, there are people who can, but they don't, a lot of people can't, or they feel like they can't. So when they see your work, it's like, do you realize how amazing you are to other people? So we, we gotta, we definitely gotta like, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, lift each other up and with stuff like that, because it is really cool. What, what we can do, what uh, people can do to contribute like you and Christian Whitehead, like Luis was saying earlier, like a fan who, Made Sonic Mania, not by himself, but you know, definitely a big name. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's r- really uh, awesome stuff, Ian. And uh, you know, at, we're gonna go ahead and let you uh, get back to you know what you do. And and I know that you know you're probably on on deadline. There's probably a lot of things going on with the 30th anniversary and a lot of things that uh, we're hopefully gonna be seeing here soon, like that Encyclopedia, which you know I, I really can't wait to. Check that out. And now that I know a little bit more about what went down with that, you know, I'll be on the lookout uh for a little, little details for that little radnik <laughs> too. If you happen to find it, by the way, take a picture where I'd be really curious if you end up naming it, what it is that you decided on and <laughs> what ends up getting printed there. And uh yeah, yeah, let us know. I'm I'm gonna be looking out for that once I open that book. That's the first thing I'm gonna be after. Like uh <laughs> like I'm trying to look for Waldo, right? <laughs> <laughs> just gonna keep sending them pictures is it this one ian
0: <laughs> eventually you'll get a response
1: then. you'll get a response eventually one day Ian will be like hey hedgehog zone this this is the guy this is the bad Nick right here <laughs> mystery solved <laughs> right.
2: awesome well ian thank you so much we really appreciate you having on here truly an honor for us to be able to speak with you and and whatnot and Good luck on uh, your future projects. And, you know, we can't wait to be able to talk to you sometime in the future, especially when that book drops uh, back in November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. And have a good evening. Yeah, you You too, too. man. Have a good one. Thank you so much again to Ian for spending here some minutes with us. Uh, We really appreciate having him on. And quite an honor, guys, right, to have such a name on the show. I mean. This guy has written so many different things about our Blue Blur, and you know it's it's so amazing to be able to see the name on the book, on the comic book, and for us to be able to have interviewed him on here. So we really appreciate it because we we do understand he's probably under quite a few deadlines, right? I mean, he talked about it here on the show um that they do write well in advance. So uh, we really appreciate him uh, taking some time off that. Uh, Be on here on the show, but curious to hear guys uh, some quick thoughts on on our interview tonight.
1: I know know Luke has a lot to say. Come on, Luke.
2: I mean, it was just cool to meet
3: to just actually get to talk to someone whose stuff I've been reading for years, like just about ten years now. Wow. Um, like heck, if we'd had him for a few hours, I could have I've could have gone crazy talking about all kinds of stuff, like all the issues I've read that he's written, like just talked about all the different characters and how he turned Tommy the Turtle into a tragic character somehow. <laughs> like, but yeah, it, it was just so cool to meet him. And he, he's such a chill guy, turns out. So th- that was nice. I enjoyed it.
2: And I think, you know, it's really awesome. We, we mentioned it in the last uh, THC chat that we had with Tracy. But I mean, th- these guys, uh, before, you know, putting profession aside, right, they are Sonic fans, just like we all are. And like I said previously in that show, like th- there's nothing better than being able to say that the person in this case who's writing those stories that we read in the comic books and in the regular books like this Encyclopedia that's coming out uh, are people who truly are fans of a character, right? They're not just writers who uh, get assigned to write about a particular video game and then they just go out there, do the research and just write on something This is a book that now he's writing uh, that is going to be written by a guy who has been a fan of the character ever since the beginning, right? And he knows so much about him. And I think, you know, it was really great that he ran uh, the efforts to doing this book because it's only going to mean that with any comic books that he's writing, he's going to have new things, right, to sprinkle from the video games thanks to this encyclopedia. So, Really cool stuff. And, you know, not not that they're promoting us or anything, but if you haven't actually pre-ordered it yet, if I were you, I'd go get it pre-ordered. Um, I, I think I got mine pre-ordered on Amazon. Um, and it's not too bad. I think it's like $30 if you just get the book itself. And if you want the, like, collector's edition that has, like, this really fancy box and looks really amazing, I think it's like 70 or $80, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there, yeah. So um, but yeah, Dude, it comes that's... out November twenty-third, just in time for Thanksgiving, right? And my Before birthday. <gasps> oh, and your birthday. So and there you go, two things going on there oh, uh, at the same time. <laughs> that book is gonna is gonna fuel so many
1: of our podcast episodes. It's gonna be like the THZ Bible.
2: Yes, I- I'm really excited for it too, because you know, n- not just for that reason, right? But you know, looking out for like all the fans and, you know, I include myself in it and I know a lot of us do, right. Cause a lot of us aren't as uh, know walls of our character and for all of us who want to learn more about the character and even Axe here, even though he does know a lot about the character, I know he's still going to learn even more. Uh, this gives us a good opportunity to, you know, be able to immerse ourselves in these 30 years and learn more about little different aspects that, you know, we weren't as aware of and, Next time you're talking to another Sonic fan, it lets you have something that you could mention to them, right? And look cool. (laughs) So uh, a lot of great stuff from this book. And, you know, I'm really excited to see all the things that uh, Ian has in store for us uh, when we get this book. And I think it's about, it's close to 300 pages. It's about 288 pages uh, from what the details say on there. So, yeah, quite quite interesting stuff and being that it's the 30th anniversary i'm glad that the book is going to be released this year as much as you know that they, they tell us that you know the 30th is technically right from this year to next year if you do like the full year but you know it's still it's coming out on the year that we kind of all wanted to consider as the 30th anniversary right
1: the true 30th anniversary game is the uh, uh where where's the bad net game
2: yes yeah and if any, for anyone that's listening, I mean, I, I know we're going to have a lot of people looking for that bad Nick now. Uh, it's it's almost like it should be a little competition, right? Who finds the bad Nick that Ian referenced in the podcast? Uh, send in your guesses, right? And everyone go, go through the book and take pictures of them and <laughs> guess which one it is. Uh, but that's so cool, right? I mean, uh, they are potentially going to let him basically just. Baptize this character that <laughs> has never had a name before and they're like here you go well you you write the everything else why not also think of a name for us so
1: it'll be super obvious it'll be called ian but
2: Hi, nore it'll oh, be l-
1: it somebody out there can figure it out because they'll find out like hey this bad nigga never had a name before they'll do the research and find out like there's nowhere else that this name is listed this must be original to the uh Encyclopedia.
0: it's i'm not
1: gonna do it but somebody can
3: no. or he'll call it inner jack or something <laughs> and I'll be oh that's all
2: i think it's gonna be a, a really funny name i think when we look at the names uh you know what when i get that book and uh, you ask if you want to do this too but i think we should come up with a list of all the different names that the batniks are given throughout the book and then put out a poll, put something out there. Uh hopefully Ian at that point hasn't revealed right what the which one it was that he mentioned. And wait. then I'd be curious if we did a poll and asked people which one of these names do you think he made up? And then he actually revealed uh the name of it right after I don't know, a week or something that it's been up.
1: We can narrow it down though. I'm pretty sure he said it was from Knuckles Ka- oh well, he could have been joking though. Yeah. But oh wait, but Knuckle- Knuckles Chaotix might be in the book.
3: But there are a lot whose names we might, whose names we will know, like crab meat and uh, <laughs> oh god, do I only know crab meat? <laughs>
1: buzz bomber,
3: buzz, yep, that is that is one cat, cater, killer, I think,
1: Caterkiller, killer, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, why can't I think of the very first badnik? Oh my gosh, the, the is, Goombas. <laughs> what is the name of the, the motor bug? There we go, yeah, motor bug. Oh man. I wouldn't be able to call myself a Sonic fan anymore if I just forgot that for real. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm like, not that one. They even made a figure out of it too, right? Um, Jack Specific did.
1: <laughs> it's Motobug's uh, 30th anniversary.
2: Yeah, which is really funny, right? It's like they they make a a figure out of a character that has been, you know, a, MIA for a while <laughs> during this time, right? I, I thought it was kind of interesting, but, you know, I guess in celebration of the 30th anniversary, they're like, yeah. These yeah, uh, mean, old school fans are going to buy it
3: <laughs> It pretty much is the goomba of sonic so <laughs> <Yeah. I guess. laughs>
2: that, that's true oh i'm i'm so glad they didn't introduce them in in the movie right uh, cuz i'm just thinking goomba super mario brothers movie yeah oh, yeah no, yeah, no I i'm think glad they would have been better than that uh, yeah we, we probably would have uh, you know we no, no, never no. know
1: the, the, they already hinted at the mix in the first movie we might see them in the second one and i think they'll do a pretty good job
2: yeah hopefully yeah we're hoping i mean we did a they did a better job with uh the first movie than you know that plumber did so yeah should be That's
3: better <laughs> <very high>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but by the way uh for everyone listening we are uh planning on doing a sonic versus mario but actually doing it live so spoiler alert right but <laughs> that that is actually in the works so if you want to find out when that live show is going to happen, which It is gonna be with the same uh, uh, person that we did the actual podcast with, including potentially other podcasters that are big fans of Mario. Uh, Follow us on our social media. You can find us at The Hedgehog Zone on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, if you wanna join our Discord channel, you can go ahead and check out our Facebook and Twitter and look at our pin post, and you'll be able to find a link there to join the Discord channel. Also, we do have a website now, the hedgehogzone.com. So if you want to listen to the show on there or look up an application that you might have to listen to the show elsewhere, you can find it there. You can also watch our live shows if you want to watch our weekend live show on there uh, or watch past live shows or past videos. All that is on there. You can also uh, meet the team, learn a little bit more about every single one. Of our Hedgehog Zone team members as well, as well as look at the fan art zone, which is the uh, section of the website that is run by our team member Grace. She is taking Sonic fan art submissions, uh, and when I say Sonic, I mean any character in the Sonic universe, of course. Uh, so go check out that page on the website to find out more details on how you can submit it and what submissions are accepted. So please go check that out and you'll be able to find out more details on how you can submit your artwork there as well. Great. Well, guys, Luke Axe, thank you for joining us tonight here on this Hedgehog Zone Chats. Again, it was a, truly an honor to have Ian today on, on our show. And uh, I'm really glad both of you were able to join us here and be able to remember some of your Uh, past comic books that you guys read because i know you guys are really big comic book aficionados so yeah thank you so much you're welcome yeah and thank you so much to everyone for listening to our show today Uh, again you can follow us on our social media and you can uh, check out our live shows every weekend and go to our social or our website to find out when the next live show will be and to get more details on what that show will be about as well so thank you again everyone and have a great day or night see ya bye everyone bonus nachos bonus nachos